Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, and welcome to the Locked On Texans postgame show. Your favorite team has now lost three straight games and is locked in a tie for first in the AFC South after a 21-13 loss to the Green Bay Packers. Joining me is RG Seal, my Houston Sports Talk podcast co-host. We're actually next to each other, which is an unusual thing for us. And hey, RG, what do you have when you have the fifth worst offense in the NFL mixed with wet snow and Lambeau Field? Next to us as opposed, meaning we're in the same location in Houston as opposed to being in Southern California and Texas at the same time trying to do this show together. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the typical thing. Well, let's just start off here going over the Texans game today and well, first of all, it was in, in the in the frozen tundra, so at least that part of it lived up to expectations, right? Because that's Green Bay. Well, the answer to my question is when you have the fifth-worst offense mixed with wet snow and Lambeau Field, it's even a worse offense. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's even worse, and I, I don't – you know, we're, we're kind of repeating ourselves, but we've, we've seen this story before. We have seen this story before. It's the same thing over and over again. You knew once the kind of the elements were out there, the snow and playing in, in Lambeau outdoor atmosphere, that they were going to be running the ball a lot. That was how they were going to try to do it with a very conservative offense, a game manager quarterback with Brock Osweiler. Turned out to be a low-scoring game. In certain ways, you felt like if the Texans could keep Green Bay to 24 points and under, they'd really have a chance to win. Well, they did. They kept uh, you know Aaron Rodgers to and the Green Bay Packers, their offense at 21 points total. So there was a possibility you know of a victory there. But again, the Texans fell, fell short. They did some things, you know, correctly. The defense played great for three quarters and gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter. That was kind of a redux of the of the Oakland game down in Mexico City when the Texans' defense kind of ran out of steam at the end. It seemed like, again, on for Sunday's game against the Packers at Lambeau, some of the same things happened because they were really stopping the run. What they were able to do there for the first three quarters as far as controlling the running game and, and tackling and just even their their pass defense and, and Packers on third. They were really kind of befuddling uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and, and getting some pressure on him even in the second half there too, starting too. And, you know, but by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, he had those long passes to Jordy Nelson, you know, and was able to you know, kind of take control of the game in the fourth quarter. And once you knew they were, the Packers were up by 21 to seven, it was, you know, going to be a, a, some kind of a miracle for the Texans to even have any chance to come back, which they didn't, uh, even after the De- DeAndre Hopkins score and the, the attempted onside kick. But, you know, that was, that was pretty much, you know, hey, the Texans offense this season in 2016, you know that if they're down two scores in the fourth quarter, barring that what we saw against Indianapolis, I mean, it's pretty much – you know, the fat lady singing sayonara, it's over. Well, this is a game that Kubiak would have been proud of because the Texans won the time of possession. So that's a, that's a positive. And then you had Brock Osweiler 
with 22 of 35 for 202 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions, RG. Aaron Rodgers was 20 of 30, 209 yards, and two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So their numbers were pretty darn similar. You know, it, it wasn't a major thing. Unfortunately, though, Brock's, one of Brock's touchdowns came with about, you know, two minutes left in the game, and it's virtually over with, and, and that's, a, that's an issue. But you mentioned the defense. The defense was fantastic for three quarters. And I think what we're, we're seeing, RG, and you, 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 what do you think? I think they, they wear down. We saw, exactly. it, in, we, we saw it in the Raiders game. Yeah. Uh, they, they wear down. 210 yards in the fourth quarter after giving up, I think, 99 in the first three quarters. Well, I mean, they have to kind of wear out there. I mean, it is a, it, it's not only the physical toll of it, but it's also the mental toll because you almost feel like, again, I get always back to the baseball analogy. When you have a team that can't score any runs and you're a starting pitcher, you feel like, i got to go out there and throw a shutout. If you're the Texans, you're thinking to yourself – well, you know, pretty much, you know, we've got to keep them, uh, the, the other team off the scoreboard here, limit them to seven and ten points. You know, even for somebody, again, like, you know, looking with Aaron Rodgers, even if I had mentioned earlier, okay, 21 points, maybe that gives them a chance to win. You really need to keep them to, you know, 14 and under. And it, that's just a lot of pressure on a defense every single week, knowing that they pretty much have to get turnovers, find a way to score, you know, limit the the, the, off, the opposing offense. And, you know, just a lot of times it catches up finally in the fourth quarter. Again, we saw that against the, like you mentioned, against the Raiders. It happened against the Packers again today. And, you know, to be able to control Aaron Rodgers really like, like they were able to do for much of the game and also to stop the Green Bay running attack. Because remember, the Texans were a terrible run defense over the first part of the season. They were one of the worst in the NFL. Over the last few weeks, they've been totally turned around, one of the best run defenses in the NFL. So to me, the defense, another great job. And it's just the inconsistency on the offense. And as long as this continues, it's it's going to be a very tight race for the Texans. And I just don't see them now that they're tied for first place. You have to wonder, even though they have the easier schedule on out up against Indianapolis next week, if that turns into a four-game losing streak, they're below 500. I mean, it really opens the door for either Indianapolis or Tennessee. And remember, that last game is in Tennessee for the Texans. We were talking about playoffs before. That loss to San Diego was kind of critical because it kind of started this, you know, knowing that you were probably going to lose to Oakland and then probably to Green Bay. That now it's turned into a three-game losing streak. Very much could be a four-game losing streak after Indianapolis next week. Our our thing is usually to basically say, oh, it's – Brock's fault and it's all Brock's fault and everything look there there are there are many issues you know can, can Brock help yeah but let, let me talk about a couple of the issues that they had there were some things that hurt you know Jonathan Joseph going down uh, in the fourth quarter with an injury you bring in Charles James he falls down on a route you know Charles James looked great before the game he had his shirt off at Lambeau Field <laughs> you know you could see his torso and everything like that our, our friend Charles James who I had on the Locked On Texans uh, last week, and he was fantastic. It's a great interview. If you haven't seen it, go, go listen to it. But, you know, also, there's no hope of Tom Savage coming into this game because we found out that he woke up with a an infection in his throwing elbow on Sunday. So if the, you Tom Savage fans, you're never going to see him. He was ended up in the hospital. It's a crazy story. And then let me ask you about a couple of things that went wrong. Look, Ryan Griffin, this isn't Brock's fault. He throws a pass to Ryan Griffin. He's going for going for a first down. And he got his both hands wrapped around. You know, all, all NFL coaches would be very proud. He had both hands wrapped around the ball, but he fumbles the ball. And they pick it up and they run it back the other way. Luckily, they got out of it because there was Aaron Rodgers. He makes a rare mistake. He fumbles a snap and Merciless recovers it on the one-yard line. So that saves you. 
then I want to get to this point, and and I don't think this is a Brock Brock problem. RG, you go for it on fourth down, fourth and one, uh, right after that. You move the ball to midfield, and Bill O'Brien goes for it on fourth and one. I have no pro, I had no problem with it. Fourth and one, fourth and one and a half. You can make an argument both ways. I'd love to get your opinion, but there's no Jay Proch in the game. There's no fullback, and the Texans have always had their best success running in short yardage with Proch in the game. Why isn't he in the game? It looked like Green Bay knew where they were going to go with the ball. They put Fedorowicz out on one side. You know they're going to run on that side. And you've got no help uh, running on that side. And they didn't get the first down. And that, that's a huge play in the game. I mean, that's a big play. Well, it was a big play. But I, I do think that gets back to being a Brock problem. Because, again, if you're Aaron Rodgers there, and remember when Green Bay had the fourth down, you're always thinking to yourself, well, it's a fourth and you know short yardage for Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers can find some way to throw the ball. You have to test that. You can't just stack up against the line. You pretty much know the Texans, like you said, C.J. Fedora, it's coming in there. They're going to run the ball, run the ball up the gut. They're going to try to get that you know one yard, whatever. They're going to. It's going to be a very conservative play call. We know that with the Texans in their offense, and it's because of Brock Osweiler and his limitations. Because you don't want to possibly, oh my gosh, you know, if Brock Osweiler drops back and tries to throw it, and then it's an incompletion. You're going to be going, why would you even try to do that with Brock Hustler? He could throw an interception. He could, you know, uh, fumble the ball and get sacked. He could make the wrong decision. You know, it, it's why, why take the chance when you only have one yard, when you can round and run the ball and pound it up the middle and get that first down. Then you got a new set of downs and first down and your game managing quarterback. So to me, that does get back to it because with Aaron Rodgers or with a you know a better than average quarterback, it keeps the defense on edge. It keeps them wondering what could they possibly do on this fourth down. You know, there's there are multiple options there. But with the Texans and with Bill O'Brien and how conservative they are with Godsey, you know exactly what they're going to do on that. And it's because they don't have a quarterback that they have confidence. In. Yeah, I guess so. But to me, it's if you don't have confidence in the quarterback, then why even bother showing up? To me, that's what drives me crazy. I'm not a big Godsey fan. And I feel like if Bill O'Brien, I'm going to hit this and I'm going to get back to Brock for, for in a bit. But if Bill O'Brien wants to coach another year in Houston, th- there needs to be a come to Jesus moment where they say, look, Bill, you're going to have to hire a new offensive coordinator. Gotsy's not the deal. If you got to come in there and act like you're uh, calling plays uh, three or four weeks into the season, that's an issue. And of one course. of the things I'm sick of, RG, is the fact that they keep doing the same thing. Oh, it's like the definition of an insanity. We heard about it with Tom. Tom Herman said it when he went to the University of Texas, he said, we're going to change some things because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that's what the Texans do. They do the same thing over and over again. We're going to run the ball up the middle with Lamar Miller. There's nobody on this green earth that believes running the ball up, up the middle with Lamar Miller is a good idea. Either you run a zone scheme or you or you figure out a way to get him on the outside. He's never effective running the ball up the middle, and especially when they're when nobody's going anywhere quickly because it's freezing outside and there's snow on the ground and everybody's slipping and sliding. You're not going to run the ball with any sort of effectiveness with Lamar Miller. And it's interesting, and you got the stats in front of you, and I do too. We can look at it, but the running backs in this game, it was Alfred Blue and Jonathan Grimes that had the most success. Lamar Miller had 14 carries for 22 yards. He got nothing. And of course, he got hurt early in the game with his ribs. But still, I mean, in a game like this, I think you got to change your game plan. We're not going to try as much with Lamar Miller because he doesn't, you know, the speed and all that sort of stuff. It's not going to work 
in the quick cuts, it's not going to work when you're playing at Lambeau Field in the snow. You got to go with somebody like Grimes or Blue that can break some tackles. Well, didn't remember Alfred Blue had one of his best games when it was in Cleveland, that snowy conditions. And remember, uh, that was a game that Ryan Mallett actually started and won from a couple of years back. And, and yeah, because he's a plodding back that can run and can, you know, like you said, can, can do that. But yeah, getting back to what you said, it was Albert Einstein who said doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And so one of the greatest minds had recognized that. You would wonder, you know, Bill, Bill O'Brien at this point, why wouldn't he know that? Why wouldn't he and Godsey, you know, Bill O'Brien being a Brown graduate? I mean, why wouldn't they recognize you just can't keep doing these same things over and over again that aren't producing, that aren't getting results? And it is crazy. But, you know, getting back to what you said about Osweiler, I don't think it was as bad a game as he's had. Of course, he, you know, he was awful against San Diego. He's had some really bad games this season. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had drops, like you mentioned, the Ryan Griffin fumble. There were some things that happened. But they also just, they never take the gloves off with him. They never allow him to really do things. He's always kind of constrained there. So he hasn't been a very good quarterback, to put it, you know, mildly here for the season. He's been a bust. But at the same time, you know, you would like to see against Green Bay, you know, you'd like to see some different things. So try to mix it up because your offense has been so awful. And when you score zero points in the first half, I mean, you've just got to try doing some different things. You've got to try to go out there and, and, and win the ball game. And especially when it's when your defense is playing so well, it's giving you an opportunity to win. But it gets back to kind of the mindset of the coaching staff. We're playing not to lose. If we can just keep, you know, Keep it closed and a field goal here or there or a touchdown or a, a turnover. But in the NFL, you know, that's that's usually a playing not to lose, you know, usually ends leads to a loss. Yeah, and there's no question about and, that. And, and that's that, the problem we all have with that. Yeah, and that's I, I hated that. And I, that's what I saw a lot to in this game. Romeo Cornell, I thought he was playing not to lose. You know, you're sending three or four guys after Aaron Rodgers. You're not going get, to get to the quarterback with three or four guys without Clowney, without Watt. We got to mention there was no Jadavian Clowney in this game. Yeah. Huge factor. You know, you couldn't get any pass rush. It was pathetic all the, all the game long. You're going to have to send some guys at Aaron Rodgers. There was a, a there was a play that was to me it epitomized things. Now, luckily, I think it was that first. It was the first drive, if I remember correctly. They're going down there. It's third and seven. Now they end up fumbling the ball, so it didn't matter. But it's third and seven, and you're at the the, the, the Green Bay's at the twenty yard line, I think, mm-hmm. and he decides. I'm going to rush three or four guys and give Aaron Rodgers all day long. I mean, th- he's got a short field to work with. You you run some guys at him. I mean, they were running guys at Brock Osweiler all day. And I get that, you know, Aaron Rodgers in Brock Osweiler. He can read the stuff and pick it up. But if you're just going to run three or four guys at him without Jadavian Clowney, you're, you're never going to get to him. And if Aaron Rodgers can just sit back there all day long, he's going to kill you at some point, which oh. he did. Yeah, yeah, he's eventually going to kill you at some point because in the fourth quarter there, you know, he was able to, you know, find completions, especially that that deep throw to, to Jordy Nelson uh, the, with the 44-yard pass, stuff like that where, you know, uh, he, he, he Aaron Rodgers, given the time, like you said, he's going to find a way to, you know, pick you apart and beat you. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, going to be in Canton someday. So you have to look for – ways to kind of mix it up there even uh, defensively, get some more pressure. And, yeah, like you said, that on a day without Jadavion Clowney, Whitney Merciless, let's just say he had an excellent game, played his heart out, you know, hustled there, had a sack, you know, tackles for loss. So that you, you, Recovered fumble. Recovered yeah, fumble. recovered fumble as well. So, I mean, and there are other 
you know, stalwarts on the defense. I still like what I'm seeing from DJ Reader when he's in there and the energy that he brings. So, I mean, uh, we can't forget that the defense was, you know, picking up the Texans for most of the game. But then in the fourth quarter, when, when you can see Aaron Rodgers starting to get into that groove, feeling comfortable back there, you got to do things to make him uncomfortable. Yeah. Don't forget, he had a torn hamstring coming into this game, so he wasn't 100%. Yeah. And you got him on ice. You you got him right. on ice and a torn hamstring. Yeah. So, so make him make him move with the ball. He 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 showed he could a little bit, but you you have to make him move. And I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and I know what he can do, but you got to take a chance at some point because if you just wait and sit back, you know you're gonna get you're gonna get beat. It's, there's no question about it. Let me let me RG, let me circle back to something because I was talking. We were talking about the offense, and uh, this is some I, w- I was watching the game for because earlier in the week we're talking about what can they do differently on offense. Well, I had a chance, and we talked about it on Lockdown Texans. I asked Bill O'Brien, I said, where is the hurry up? The first two years we saw the hurry up. And there are people out there that are going to go, oh, you don't see the hurry up because Brock Osweiler can't handle it. Well, we don't know if he can't handle it, but that's what you practice. What is training camp for? That's all they do is they run the hurry up, the hurry up, the hurry up. We've seen that three training camps in a row. They did. It seems like as the, as the Bill O'Brien's era has gone along, they're doing it less and less in a game because you know he's scared what could go wrong. But what could go right? If you've got the defense on their heels, and this is a defense specifically in this Green Bay game, he said, oh, it's a great question. We're going to try to do some more of it when I talk to him. Well, this is the perfect time to do it because you got a Green Bay team that is, they're struggling. Their defense is not that good. You know, it's a, there, there's no, uh, no Clay Matthews in this game. You, you don't have a, a defense that is, is good to begin with. So if you want to get some momentum and you want to do something, do a hurry up offense. Where is that? And he still didn't do it. He still, you know, I get it. It's going to be a defensive struggle or whatever, but if you're going to get your offensive going and you're going to get your quarterback going, try something different, anything. And, and I also asked Brock this week about why is it every single time you're taking the count deep into the, into the count, into the, into the snap count, he's going deep every time and he's pointing guys out and he's doing his Peyton Manning impersonation and, you know, I'm I'm expecting him to incorporate that into his next, uh, you know, HEB commercial or something like that. But, you know, at some point, Brock, you know, snap the ball with like five seconds into the once you get to the line of scrimmage and, and make that defense think first instead of you trying to pretend like you're the smarter guy out there and, and get them on their heels. Maybe a guy's a little bit out of position. Maybe he's not exactly where he should be. Those two things don't happen and RG, I'm I'm tired of it. That's that is the, the that is the definition of insanity because they just don't do anything differently. No, I mean getting back to about the the hurry up offense. I mean maybe the one time that the Texans really had to hurry up their offense was against the Indianapolis. Remember at the end of that game when they were down 17 points, right? And and they had to come back and you know got got that victory with a great play in the fourth quarter and doing that and so maybe that's where you know Brock Osweiler you might as well try something because like you said what you're currently trying isn't working and again I understand what the Texans are trying to do they're trying to play great defense because they they have a really solid you know top 5 defense overall in the NFL they're trying to, to to have the defense keep them in the game to where you know a score or two that they get somehow can lead to a victory you know, have have a uh, you know a tightly 
contested game, you know, conservative play calling with the running and, and, you know, and a managed offense with the quarterback being Brock Osweiler where you don't put him in a position to make mistakes. But again, this gets back to what we were talking about, just being too conservative with this, being being so scared, being so afraid, playing not to lose, which we've seen over the years, the Texans, whether it's Dom Capers, whether it's Gary Kubiak, now whether it's Bill O'Brien, it must be something when they come to Energy Stadium, there must be some kind of like some... Is it a Bob McNair thing? Because it did feel like Bob McNair plays the conservative. He plays close to the vest. Does Bob McNair take any yeah. chances? I mean, the one chance that I guess he took was the Osweiler chance, and I guess that maybe that's why he doesn't. Well, he took do- a chance to bring the NFL back to Houston. Maybe we can say, okay, well, that worked out well for him. So, uh, you know, that, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just seeing, yeah, like you are, and, and we're watching the Texans, and it's just, you know, just haven't been able to get consistent quarterback play over the you know entire history of the organization. Uh, it, and it, but today, I mean, as much as about Brock Osweiler and this, you know, it, it, and it will continue to be every single week of this season, remaining four games. It's going to be how well Brock Osweiler can play in these four games, how well the offense can play, because we already know the defense is good enough to be a, a good enough defense for a playoff team. It, you know, the special teams has their problems, but it really gets down to the offense because it's essentially the worst offense in the NFL. Uh, you, you have to look at a way in the coming weeks. You have Indianapolis next week. You, then you have Jacksonville and then finish up against Cincinnati and Tennessee. These are four games the Texans could potentially win. But are they going to play the way they've been playing? Still the same way, conservative offensive philosophy defense hold him down don't turn the ball over anyway whatsoever put Brock Osweiler in a position where he doesn't make mistakes so you're gonna have a very conservative game plan or you can maybe take the reins off him just a little bit allow him to do some things allow this offense to do some things what you're saying speed up the tempo you know try to get him in a rhythm try to get him into a rhythm where he's throwing the ball and making completions and moving the offense down the field if that's even possible you know is there that little glimpse that uh, that we saw versus Indianapolis or, or some other times during the season you know with Brock Osweiler you know Oh, well, let me talk about throwing the ball down the field because I want to hit what you just said. Okay. Throw the ball down the field. Well, where was that the whole game? The one throw they made down the field, uh, I mean, maybe they threw it once or twice in the second half, but in the first half, th- there's like 40, 42 guys in the box. You know, at some point you go, RG, yeah. you got to throw the ball down the field because, look, the one time I can remember them throwing it the entire first half, they throw to Braxton Miller down the field. You have DeAndre Hopkins and you got Will Fuller and you're throwing down the field to Braxton Miller and he's covered, of course, and Brock overthrows him, of course. And I mean, it's 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 all the same thing. But you, you got Hopkins and you got Will Fuller. And to me, I don't I don't know if that's a Brock call or that's a Godsey call or Bill O'Brien, but that's a problem, you know. Where are what are your strengths? Your strengths are Will. Why do you have Will Fuller on the team? But the whole reason you got him was he, you would go deep to him a couple times a game, and we don't even see it anymore. It's like disappeared from the entire offense. I, I think I heard, I thought I heard the announcer say, like coming out of the half, oh, we talked to Bill O'Brien, and he said, well, yeah, we got to throw the ball down the field, and then he really didn't do it that much in the second half either. And not, n- nothing changed. And look, I understand the offensive line. What, that, look, we, hey, we got They had some issues too. That wasn't pretty at all. A lot of the pass coverage, but the Green Bay was throwing some blitzes, but the Texans looked like they'd never seen blitz, you know, blitz pickup or whatever. So that was bad at too. But at some point you go, look, we're going to max protect. We're going to do the old Gary Kubiak. 
you know, play action, bring the fullback in, have everybody back in, and we're going to just max protect, and we're going to just throw it down, just to remind them that that's a possibility. And maybe a safety moves back a little bit, or maybe a linebacker moves back a little bit. But you got to do that. Do something different. And RG, have you ever seen a team worse at the Hail Mary? We saw it last week. It was terrible. Brock throws a Hail Mary. Uh, he didn't even wait long enough for the guys to get into the end zone on the last play of the game. That was terrible. This game, okay, I get it. You're on your own 15 or 20-yard line. Probably nothing happens. But they're doing the old, we're going to throw it 10 yards down and do the lateral thing. Like, that's going to get you down the field. In Unless the, the Stanford band is there or something. Maybe. Yeah, in the know. middle of the snow at Lambeau Field. Just throw the ball down about 50, 60 yards. Yeah, you're not going to get it all the way to the end zone, but maybe there's a pass interference. Maybe the ball gets tipped up into the air and, and lands into one of your guys' hands. And again, that's the thing. When there's snow and it's slippery and you're dealing with conditions, a DB falls down, he falls on his back like Charles James did, you know, when he was covered, when he was in coverage. That happens and whatever. But you know, to think that you're going to go like a 15-yard thing and we're going to do laterals down the field, like this is, uh, this is why I have an issue with the entire te- the Texans. To me, like where do you want to? Th- everything is a mess. Everything that they do seems to be a mess. You know what we haven't talked about? You know at all? And I, we we probably haven't talked about this enough this year at this point. The special teams. Look, we got a great punter, uh, Nick Novak. By the way, missed another extra point. Got to bring that up. You know, but he's been okay. Um, but let's talk about Larry Izzo and coverage on special teams and what's happening there, because the Texans are one of the worst in the NFL in punt coverage, and they showed it again in this game. I mean, they just they didn't do a good job. Uh, Randall Cobb got loose for stuff. I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, there there are issues that I have all the way through the coaching staff, and it's th- this is getting tiring, and and we don't see a change. It's like I watch the same thing every week, and it's like a rerun. I don't have to, you know, can I just watch last week and just tell you what happened last week and it's the same thing? Are you making a judgment on Bill O'Brien then? Are you basically saying with this coaching staff that, you know, if this team doesn't end up winning the division this year, is it time for a change? We know nothing's going to happen. And I don't think, you know, obviously Bill O'Brien hadn't done a terrible job. There's this idea out there, oh, you got to fire Bill O'Brien and blah, blah, Bill O'Brien, you know, he got you, he got you nine and seven with, you know, some garbage at quarterback the first year. He got you nine and seven with garbage at quarterback the second year. And we don't know which, you know, how much he has his play in these decisions, but the defense has been great since Bill O'Brien has been on board. And I I don't have a ton of complaints about the defense, even though I wasn't happy with the lack of aggression in this game. But if you're looking at Bill O'Brien offensively, and that's his specialty, and that's why you brought him in here and he's not getting the job done and special teams hasn't got any better. I mean, you know, you have to start, you know, you got to start wondering about it. And, you know, but to me, the the biggest thing with Bill O'Brien is, you know, if he's coming back, I, if I'm Bob McNair and Rick Smith, get an offensive coordinator, get somebody else. Godsey is not the answer. Nice guy, whatever. You want to keep him on, Bill, keep him as your quarterback's coach, you know, whatever. But I don't want to see him calling plays anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, at, at this point in the season, when you're looking at it, and seeing, you know, that Godsey had already been replaced by Bill O'Brien early in the year saying, I'm taking over and I'm doing the play calling. Basically, your head coach is saying, I've, I've got to step in here. It's so bad. 
and then yet it really hasn't improved at all, and it's back to like, well, now we share the decision. I mean, there's got to be some kind of accountability. And we, we have seen the owner step in before. Remember when the defense was so atrocious and it was Kubiak's friend Richard Smith and Bob McNair said, look, if you're going to come back and coach this team again, you got to get a new defensive coordinator. And that turned out to be Wade Phillips, who ended up having that 2011 team drafting J.J. Watt. That was the best defense in Texans history, that 2011 team. It's just unfortunate when Matt Schaub went down for the injury, and then the Texans were forced to go with T.J. Yates, and they lost in the playoffs to Baltimore. But really, that was the best defense that I've seen since watching the Texans you know so they've had some other great defensive seasons you know and J.J. Watts put up MVP type seasons of course in in the past few years but that was the best defense and so now you're looking at like okay what can happen here well even if if, you know Bill O'Brien God's he's a good friend the guy's been on coaching staff you know, for the time since he took it over and he really wants to keep him, you know, sometimes it's got to be up to the owner, up to the GM to step in and say, this guy's got to go. And that happened before in Texans history. There is president and it actually worked out for the better. So to me, that that can be something that is done at the end of the season. Now, over these next four games, maybe knowing, you know, and seeing what the Texans offense, how lackluster it's been. To me, you have these four games, you lost three in a row. It's time to go for broke. You no longer have, hey, we're in first place. We're doing the right thing. You know, hey, you know, we're playing conservatively, but it's, you know, we're still first place in the AFC South. No, you're not anymore. You're tied with Tennessee now. You could be tied with Indianapolis after the Jets game. You know, you have to look and see where do we go from here? How do we improve as a football team? Oh, we keep doing the same thing like you said. You started the show, you know, do the same thing over and over again, expect different results. No, you're, you know, that's not going to happen. So you have to find out you have to do something different. It's time to go over these last four games, offensively at least, and say we're going to do some different things. We're going to take some departures. And I think even the fan base would be happy with that if you at least took the reins off, if you at least tried some things, if you were at least – like you said earlier, you were okay going with it fourth and one with Brock Osweiler out there. You know, fourth and one, you're at the midfield with the Packers. You're okay with going – you're okay with being aggressive. It was a play call. So, I mean, again, Texans fans – you know, I've seen a lot of football. They understand these things. What they hate is is kind of the way that it almost kind of it's a, a fait accompli here where it's just like we're practically surrendering and waving the white flag, you know, and here it is right in front of you right there. We're all seeing it, and, and that's what it's really frustrating. If you're going to go down, if you're going to be the Titanic, your ship is going to sink. I mean, might as well go down at least a guns a-blazing, you know. Get out there, like, protecting the Alamo when you had that and, you know, put your best valiant effort forward. And if you go down, you go down. But at least, you know, hey, we gave it our best shot. And I think that's what we want to see over these last four games. And they come out and do the same thing over again against Indianapolis, and they play not to lose against Jacksonville and Indianapolis and Cincinnati, and they end up with a 7-9 and or 8-8 eight and eight record. That'll just be disgusting. I mean, I just, you know, that will be leave a bitter, sour taste in the mouth. But if they come in and they do some things, like you said, they do the up-tempo offense, they take shots downfield, they do these things, and they end up losing, you know, at least you can say, well, you know, maybe it was on the quarterback, maybe this player or whatever, but, it, you know, at least they tried, they put their best foot forward, they tried to do, you know, tried to win the games instead of playing not to lose. The three words that you said, or four words that you said, take the reins off, that's, you couldn't have said it better, take the reins off, let Brock Osweiler throw the ball down the field, 
Let him pass the ball more. If he throws an interception or he screws up, so be it. Then bring in Tom Savage. Do something different. Do something different. Make a change. Quit doing the same thing over and over and beating your head against the wall because we're sick and tired of watching it. We're sick and tired of having to look at it. I mean, nobody wants to have to see that over and over again. And eventually, the team's just going to quit on you, too. I mean, that's going to happen at some point. If you keep doing the same thing and you keep getting the same results, your whole team's going to quit on you, and that's a problem, too. Let me wrap up this uh, Locked On Texans postgame edition while I still have uh, some anger maybe deep inside that I haven't brought out yet. But we're going to wrap it up. If you're new to the podcast, all Texans all the time, five days a week, Locked On Texans, it's all part of the Locked On Network of Podcasts, the fastest-growing sports audio network in the world. The last two months, we've had... 6 million listens on the network. Of course, there's a podcast for all the NFL and NBA teams. If you're uh, thinking, man, I'm sick and tired of, of a Texans team that's doing the same thing over and over again and not doing it well, go listen to Lockdown Rockets with Ben DuBose because the Rockets, there's some exciting things going on right now with them, and they're going to be fun to watch uh, the rest of the way, I think. You can listen to us every day by subscribing on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or our Lockdown Texans Audio Boom website. If you have anything you want us to discuss you can contact us through our locked on texans facebook page or on twitter at locked on texans or you can also find me at hst podcast for my houston sports talk podcast me and rg are over there weekly talking about rockets and astros a lot of good astros stuff going on so you want to check that out this week we're going to be talking about the latest and greatest of the astros moves thanks so much for joining us it's a disappointing one 21 to 13 loss to the green bay packers Texans now, as we said, they're in a tie for first in the AFC South. We'll talk to you next time. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Somewhere deep inside your mind, there's a place where dreams live. And now those dreams have the chance to come to life. Because USAA Life Insurance is sponsoring the Live Your Dream sweepstakes, where you could win $50,000. That's $50,000 to let those dreams out of your head and into your hands. Enter for a chance to win and view official rules at www.usaa.com slash lifesweeps or call 1-800-531-LIFE. No purchase necessary. USAA Life Insurance Company, San Antonio, Texas, and in New York. by USAA Life Insurance Company, New York, Highland Falls, New York.